We welcome those of you joining us from downstairs in our traditional sanctuary, also those of you online listening to the podcast. Uh, we are in the midst of this Summer Sound Sermon series in which we are looking for Bible truth in the songs that we love. We're looking for God's message in music and song. Some of these songs have been churchy songs, good Christian songs. Last week we did Amazing Grace, probably the most famous Christian church song ever sung. We've done some country songs. We've done some rock and roll songs. We're going to do two different songs today. Uh, that you definitely probably wouldn't expect to hear in a church. Uh, and some of these lyrics you might make you cringe even, and, but we're going to talk about that because these are real songs talking about real human issues and struggles. Uh, and our first song today is a song by Taylor Swift, T. Swift. And uh, it is a song in which uh, this superstar uh, musician, songwriter, uh, singer talks about the things she hates about herself. And she's written this song, and she sings it to millions of people. Can you imagine how bold it must be to write about the, your biggest insecurities and sing it to the whole world? If you were to write that song, what would you be writing about? Things that you don't like about yourself. Uh, so again, some of these lyrics might not be expected in church, but we're going to talk about that. We're going to unpack that. But for now, just listen to the song uh, and see how it makes you feel. And again, if you were writing a song about the things you hate about yourself, what would that sound like? She's laughing up at us from hell. It's me. 
it's me, it's me. Hi. Everybody agrees, everybody agrees. It's me. Hi. I'm the problem. Thanks so much to Lorene and Alex and the band. Let's give them one more hand. That's a hard, hard song to sing. So for all the Methodist churches that are in the Charlotte metro area, of which we are a part, um, there's a pastor at each church, and there is one pastor that's over all those churches to supervise all the rest of us pastors. And so it's kind of like my boss. And uh, a couple months ago, he let some of us know that he was going to go to the Taylor Swift concert in Atlanta. And I said to him, I didn't think you were really the Taylor Swift kind of guy. I don't know, you know, it kind of surprised me. That's kind of cool. He's like, well, my wife's a big fan. She's a Swifty. And so I'm going to take her down there. And so they went down for the Taylor Swift concert. So obviously today we're doing a T-Swift song. And uh, if you don't know Taylor Swift, uh, she's a mega superstar. Uh, she has sold millions of albums, made millions of dollars. Uh, she's won many Grammy Awards, the highest award that you can win as a musician, uh, she's a singer, she's a songwriter, she is a musician, uh, she's done country, she's done pop, she's done rock, she can do it all. Uh, we've got a picture of her here, and so uh, we're doing one of her songs today called Anti-Hero, which we just heard, and so this is a quote that she says about the song, which I think is pretty powerful. Anti-Hero is one of my favorite songs that I've ever written. I really don't think I've delved this far into my insecurities in this detail before. I struggle a lot with the idea that my life has become unmanageably sized. I can't imagine what her life is really like, living the superstar lifestyle. Not to sound too dark, but I just struggle with the idea of not feeling like a person. Don't feel bad for me. You don't need to, right? She's rich. She's famous. She's gorgeous. But this song really is a real guided tour through all the things I tend to hate about myself. We all hate things about ourselves. So yeah, I like Antihero a lot because I think it's really honest, Taylor Swift. And again, right, think about how bold it is to write about your biggest insecurities, the things that you don't like about yourself the most, and then to broadcast that to the world. Right? If you were to write a song about the things you don't like about yourself, what would be in that song? What would be in that song? What don't you like about yourself? Those insecurities, those things that you just don't like to face about yourself. That would be a bold thing to do, even for you to do that on your own, sitting in a room by yourself. All right, so let's look at some of these lyrics and see what it is that this mega superstar who has everything that would probably make us happy struggles with in her own life. Okay, let's look at some of these lyrics. I have this thing where I get older, but just never wiser. So she sees herself as aging, but not maturing, right? So she sees herself maybe as immature in some, some areas of her life, and she's not alone in that. We probably all could say that as well. Midnights become my afternoons, so she stays up a, a lot at night. When my depression works, the graveyard shift. Uh, she's up at night. She feels really low about herself. That's when uh, things kind of start going on in her mind, wrestling with things like that, uh, with her depression, 
All of the people I've ghosted stand there in the room. Of course, to ghost means when someone reaches out to you, you ignore them, you don't get back to them, they text you, they send you a voicemail, uh, they try to reach out to you, and you just ignore them, right? So she's feeling a little guilt, maybe over all the people that she can't get back in touch with. Right? Let's keep going. I should not be left to my own devices. They come up with prices and vices. I end up in crisis, right? Don't leave me on my own. I can get into some trouble with the decisions that I make in my life, right? I wake up screaming from dreaming. One day I'll watch as you're leaving because you got tired of my scheming for the last time. She evidently has some control issues, and she's worried that who she's singing this song to is one gonna, they going to get tired of that and leave and be gone for the last time, okay? Let's keep going. It's me. Hi, I'm the problem. It's me, right? So she's taking some ownership for things in her life that she doesn't like about herself, right? At tea time, everybody agrees. Uh, and this might be a shot at her critics, right? So she's facing up about some things she doesn't like about ourselves, but then other people like to like say, yeah, we told you so, Taylor, there's something wrong with you, right? So maybe that's a shot, sarcastic shot at maybe some of her haters, maybe. Uh, everybody agrees with her that it's her problem. I'll stare directly at the sun, but never in the mirror, right? I'll burn my eyes out looking at the sun, but I won't look at myself. I don't want to see the things in myself that I don't want to see, right? We'd probably all rather stare at the sun and be blind so we don't have to look at the things that we don't like about ourselves. I think that's a powerful lyric. It must be exhausting always rooting for the anti-hero. Maybe that's a message to her fans. Those of you who love me, you see all this stuff, this drama that I'm going through. Instead of being a hero, I feel the opposite of a hero. I'm an anti-hero, and it must be exhausting for you guys to root for me. Okay, let's keep going. Sometimes I feel like everybody is a sexy baby and I'm a monster on the hill. Again, probably not the lyrics that you think I'm going to go to church and <laughs> hear something like this, right? Um, but think about this. This is a beautiful woman, millions of dollars, sells all kinds of stuff, and she still has discomfort in, in her body image and what she looks like, right? Even Taylor Swift sometimes doesn't like the way that she looks, right? Everybody is a sexy baby, but I'm the monster on the hill, right? We all have issues where we, we don't feel good about how we look. We're too fat. We're too thin. We're not strong enough. We're not good looking enough. We don't have enough hair. Our teeth aren't white enough, right? So even Taylor Swift has body issues and insecurities. That's amazing, right? It's amazing when you look at her, but it's true. We all have these insecurities. Too big to hang out, slowly lurching towards your favorite city, right? Kind of comparing herself to like Godzilla, right? Is this a weight thing? Is it, you know, she said earlier in that quote that my life has gotten so big, maybe it's a, I'm, I'm, I'm such a celebrity, I can't just hang out with an everyday person. I can't go to the mall without getting a, a mob. You know, I'm, maybe it's a little bit of both of that. Uh, but she feels like a monster. Uh, pierced through the heart, but never killed. So I'm hurting, but I'm never put out of my misery. This is a depressing set of lyrics right here. But, but how real is that? How many of us struggle with the way that we look? We feel like we're on the outside. We feel like we're the monsters and everybody else is the popular crowd doing all the stuff. I'm, I'm guarantee we all feel like that at some point in our lives. So good for her for being honest. Did you hear my covert narcissism? I disguise as altruism. This is probably a shot at her critics, right? What is altruism? It's being selfless. It's helping people just to help people and not to be recognized. So evidently, some of her critics say when she helps people, 
it's not selfless. It's really selfish. She, narcissism means that you love yourself. So when she tries to do something, the media sees it as, oh, she's just trying to get a pat on the back, right? Um, so did you hear my covert narcissism? I disguise as altruism, like some kind of congressman. That's a shot right there. Uh, tale old as time. Uh, and then again, she repeats, I wake up screaming from dreaming. One day I'll watch as you're leaving and life will lose its meaning for the last time. Again, her control issues. Um, now, this is probably the most famous lyric uh, of the song. And keep in mind, she's just not married. She doesn't have a daughter-in-law, but um, why is she singing about this? I have this dream. My daughter-in-law kills me for the money. She thinks I left them in the will, which she obviously didn't. Uh, the family gathers around and reads it. And then someone screams out, she's laughing at us up from hell, right? Again, not a song lyric you probably expected to sing in church today. Um, so what's going on here? To me, maybe she's worried about her future relationships, right? Maybe when I do have daughter-in-laws, we might not get along. She might hate me, right? So maybe I'm not going to find the right person to marry to even get to this point. So some relationship insecurity is what I take from this, right? Just me, relationship insecurity uh, on a major scale. And it's me. Hi, I'm the problem. It's me. At tea time, everybody agrees. I stare directly at the sun, but never in the mirror. It must be exhausting, always rooting for the anti-hero. I think that's bold. I think that's a real person who we see as a superstar saying, I'm a human being, and I really wrestle with things. Um, so again, the question today, if you were writing a song about the things that you don't like about yourself, what would those lyrics look like? And would you be willing to sing that to millions of people? Would you be willing that, to share that with even one person, right? What, what does that look like? Because we all have things about ourselves that we don't like. But the good news is that God loves us anyway. That God sees there's good in all of us. God sees that there's brokenness in all of us. God loves us anyway. We talked a lot about this last Sunday. If you missed that discussion, I invite you to go to our website, southpartchurch.com. Go back and watch last Sunday's message. Because if you're wrestling with some of this stuff that Taylor Swift's wrestling with, right, that we don't feel good about ourselves, right, God loves you anyway. Check that out and that message from last week. But let's keep going today. I want to dive into this term that she uses, the name of her song, anti-hero, right? Anti means opposite, against, against a hero, right? So anti-hero definition from Oxford is a central character in a story, movie, or drama who lacks conventional heroic attributes, right? They're not courageous. They're not good. They're not moral, right? It's the opposite of being a hero. Taylor Swift sees herself as an, an anti-hero. Okay, so, so what then is a hero? Is a person who's admired or idealized for courage, outstanding achievements, or noble qualities. Right, so there's a hero. We all know what heroes are. And then there's the anti-hero, right? So in your life today right now, if you were to put yourself on a scale of feeling like a hero or feeling like an anti-hero, where would you fall? Are you feeling good about yourself? Hey, I'm kind of more heroic, courageous, uh, moral, try to do the right thing. Or feeling a little more down like Taylor Swift, anti-hero. You know, there's a lot broken with me. There's a lot wrong with me. I'm not really the hero kind of type. Or are you fluctuating in there? Where would you be on that continuum? Hero, anti-hero, where would you fall? Right? So Taylor Swift coming down in this song on the anti-hero side. Well, after the message today, we're going to do another song. You guys get a two-for-one deal today. It's pretty sweet. Uh, we're going to do a song by David Bowie. Anybody know David Bowie? We've got a picture of him. So David Bowie lived to be 67 years old. Uh, he passed away in 2016. 
he was a revolutionary rock and roll kind of guy. Had, had just a lot of groundbreaking stuff. He's one. He's sold more albums than a lot of people in the whole history of the world. He's inducted in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. He's a, a British guy, English guy, singer, songwriter. He's also an actor. Uh, and so just done a lot of big stuff. He's a big-time superstar, too, just like Taylor Swift in a different kind of way. And he really revolutionized a lot of stuff in the 1970s. Uh, and so today we're going to look at one of his songs. Uh, it comes kind of from that, oh, maybe a little bit later than that. But uh, in the 1980s, he moved to Berlin. And if you remember, in the 1980s, there was the Cold War between the United States and our allies and the Soviet Union and their allies. And so Germany was split right down the middle. Half of it was free, half of it was communist. The West German side was free, the East German side was communist. So David Bowie uh, lived in West Germany, in West Berlin, and he wrote this song. He wrote this song called Heroes, right? So we had a song, Antihero. He writes this song called Heroes, and he's singing about a fictional couple uh, man, wife, in love with each other. Uh, one's from East Germany, one's from West Germany, East Berlin, West Berlin. And at night, they sneak out underneath the Berlin Wall to meet and to kiss, make out, hang out, right? Share their love in the midst of this corrupt, very tense time. And so let's look at David Bowie's lyrics of heroes uh, set in this, this era, right? I, I will be king, and you will be my queen, right? Be queen, right? King and queen, right? This couple, they're sneaking out. It's dangerous. They're not supposed to be together from two different countries, right? All this kind of stuff. Though nothing will drive them away, right? All the fighting around us, all the, all the oppression, that kind of stuff. But we can beat them just for one day. We can be heroes just for one day, right? Our love will conquer. Our love will conquer all of the oppression that's around us, all of this war, all of this, this fighting and killing, right? And you, now these are some real lyrics you didn't expect to see in church. You can be mean, and I, I'll drink all the time, right? I'm not advocating that, right? This is a David Bowie, right? What's he, what's he talking about? I, I think a couple things are going on here. He's like, in our love, we're going to be free. You want to be mean? I want to drink. No one's going to confine us, right? Like this war, right? Like East Germans tell you how to live your life. We're going to live our lives the way we want to live our lives, right? So I think that's going on here. But I think there's also some unconditional love here, right? You're not perfect. I'm not perfect, but we still love each other. I might drink some. You might be mean sometimes, but I'm going to love you anyway, right? God loves us, right? God loves us even when we're not perfect. God loves us for the good. God loves us even though we do the wrong things, I don't think God wants us to be stuck being mean all the time or drinking all the time, right? But it's this unconditional love, right, for each other. Because we're lovers, and that is a fact. Yes, we're lovers, and that is that. Though nothing will keep us together, right? It's almost impossible for us to come together under these circumstances in this oppressive time. We could steal time just for one day. We can be heroes forever and ever. What do you say, right? Our love, right, in the midst of this oppression will make us heroes just for one day. Maybe beyond that. And this is a weird kind of verse. I wish you could swim like the dolphins, like the dolphins can swim. There's not a lot of dolphins in Berlin um, unless there's a zoo there. But if you think about living under the oppression uh, of what's going on in the Cold War, and you think about being free, the image of a dolphin swimming in the ocean, that, that's, a beautiful, that's a beautiful vision. So I think that's what he's singing. So it's also a little bit lighthearted and a very kind of serious song. Though nothing, nothing will keep us together. We can beat them forever and ever. Oh, we can be heroes just for one day. Let's keep going. 
I can remember standing by the wall, the Berlin Wall, and the gun shot above our heads, and we kissed as though nothing could fall, and the shame was on the other side. Oh, we can beat them forever and ever. Then we could be heroes just for one day. We're nothing, and nothing will help us. Maybe we're lying, then you better not stay, but we could be safe just for one day. Oh, just for one day. So this is a song about standing up for love and overcoming oppression and in doing that, being heroic, even if it's for one day, even if it's forever and ever, right? Standing up for love, right, in the midst of oppression. In 1987, David Bowie played this song in a concert in West Berlin as loud as he could, and he wanted the people in East Berlin to be able to hear the song, right, and just to give them hope. So he said it's one of the most powerful concerts that he's ever played, and it was really cool. Now, two years later, in 1989, the Berlin Wall comes down, the Cold War's over, and maybe David Bowie played a small part in that, right, 1989. You know who was born in 1989? Taylor Swift was born in 1989. Isn't that interesting, right? Now, I'm not saying God calls her to be born and all that kind of stuff, but it's pretty cool that those are our two songs today, right? Anti-hero and hero. What might God be calling you to stand up for today? What might be God calling you to stand up for today? In the face of resistance, in the face of oppression, in the face of ridicule. How might God be calling you to be a hero today? To do the right thing in difficult circumstances. Because I believe that we all can be heroes. I believe that we all want to be heroes. What might God be calling you to stand up for today? In what kind of difficult circumstances is God calling you to do that? Because we love heroes, don't we? We love heroes in our culture, right? It's a multi-billion dollar industry, if you haven't noticed, right? Comic books, t-shirts, movies, right? Heroes is big business. These are some of the heroes that we grow up with. This is from the golden age of heroes, which would be roughly 1938 to 1956. Uh, We've got Superman and Batman and Captain Marvel, also known as Shazam, the Flash, the Green Lantern, Wonder Woman, Aquaman. These are the golden age of heroes. These are the heroes that can fly and shoot lasers out of their eyes and have invisible jets and uh, have super strong and run fast. And and we still look up to these heroes and we make movies and books and comics about them. And and we want to be Superman and we want to be Wonder Woman. And and, and we strive to do that, but we also realize that there's probably not a chance that we're going to fly or shoot rays out of our eyes or be able to tell, make somebody tell the truth with our golden lasso, right? But we look up to them, but they seem like distant, right? Like these goody-goody people that there's just no way we could really be like Superman and Wonder Woman, right? So that's the golden age of heroes. Silver age of heroes starts around 1956 and goes to 1970, Okay, and so we start having a different group of heroes. We have the X-Men who are born with powers, and they're called mutants. And the whole thing in this comic is anyone who feels different, who feels left out from the crowd, they start struggling with that. This is the Fantastic Four. Uh, This is a group, uh, Mr. Fantastic is married to the Invisible Woman. Her brother's the Human Torch, 
and this is the thing, and he used to have a crush on the invisible woman who's now married to Mr. Fantastic, right? Reality television before reality television. This is a family dynamic, okay? This is Spider-Man. He's on my shirt. You know who Spider-Man is? He's a teenage boy who gets bitten by a spider that gives him powers. And when he's not fighting crime and beating supervillains, he's going to high school, he's being bullied, He's having to write papers. He's having to go to class. His parents are gone. He's living with his aunt and his uncle. You know what happens in the Silver Age of comics is amazing. It's a transformation. It's a huge shift in comics. Comics took off in this era. You know why? Because heroes became real people like you and me. They're not just somebody who can do all these super things like Superman or Wonder Woman. They have real problems. I got to write a paper. I'm being bullied. I could beat up the bully, but I can't because then people know who I am, right? My parents are missing, right? I'm in love with the woman who's married to my best friend, right? These are real people with real problems, and it marked a whole different shift in comic book culture. That's why we love these heroes, because we identify with them. They're like us. They're like real people, right? So the Bronze Age comes next. This is 1970 to 1985, and comics start dealing with some real issues like racism and sexism. We begin to get people who are heroes that are not just white people. And so we have uh, African-Americans heroes. We have an African, uh, Storm, who's in, from the X-Men, and she uh, is from Africa. We have the Black Panther. We've got Firestorm. We've got a Black Green Lantern. And so comics really start to get in real everyday life. And again, racism and sexism and uh, people having wealth and people being poor, and so comics really get real. Then 1985, we come to the modern era of comics, 1985 until today, and we meet what Taylor Swift sang about, anti-heroes, right? So we meet people like Deadpool and Wolverine and the Punisher who fight against the bad guys, but a lot of times you can't tell that they're fighting against the bad guys because they're just as almost bad as the bad guys, right? Golden Age, Silver Age, Bronze Age, heroes don't kill. They don't say bad words. These guys kill by the hundreds and the thousands. They'll cut you up with their claws, with their swords. They'll shoot you with their guns, right? They're killing the bad guys. They're saying bad words, but it's taking heroes to the anti-hero level. We see this with Batman, the Dark Knight, uh, and uh, his futuristic self. These are the kind of movies and comics I won't even let my kids read. Right? And so you see the evolution from heroes to anti-hero uh, to where we are in society today. But I want us to hang on to those Silver Age heroes, the Spider-Man, the Fantastic Four, the X-Men, people who have powers, but they're also just like you and me. They have great things happening in their lives, but they also carry a lot of baggage, and they're living real, everyday lives. Right? What about the Bible? What about biblical heroes? Right? Because that's what we're here, right? We're in church. We're singing these songs in church. What, is, what does it look like to be a biblical hero? Let's go to the number one hero, and that's Jesus. This is what Paul writes about Jesus in the book of Philippians chapter 2. Therefore, if you have any encouragement for being united with Christ... If any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded. Be like Jesus in the mind, having the same love as Jesus, being one in the spirit and of one mind. Right? We talked about this last week. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. That's heroic. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Altruism, right, as Taylor Swift said. 
Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. That's what a hero does, to value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interest, but each of you to the interest of the others. Spider-Man saves people. The Fantastic Four save people, right? Wonder Woman saves people. Jesus saves people. And your relationships with one another have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Jesus could do whatever he wants, but he didn't want to just use his power to advance himself. Right? Rather, he made himself nothing by taking on the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. Right? Jesus left heaven to become human, to help us. Right? He gave up heaven. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Right? God became human, and then he humbled himself, and he, and he allowed himself to die. Therefore, God exalted Jesus to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Jesus is the ultimate hero. He looked down on the earth and saw that, hey, we're created in God's image, and that's good. We do good things. But we also make mistakes. We make bad choices. And we hurt other people. We hurt ourselves. We hurt our relationship to God. That's called sin. And the consequences are guilt and shame and death and hell, which is broken relationships. And Jesus said, I, I don't want that. That's not why I made people. And so Jesus left heaven. He came to the earth, became a man, died on a cross, came back to life so that you and I can be forgiven of our guilt and our shame and our sin and we can have all that taken away, and we can have life to the full now and forever in the kingdom of heaven. Jesus is the ultimate hero. He shows us what it's like to be a hero. We sacrifice for others. Right? Jesus is the ultimate hero. Now look at some of the heroes in the Bible. Right? You, sometimes you think about godly men and women. They're going to be Superman. They're going to be Wonder Woman, all that kind of stuff. Right? But a lot of times the heroes in the Bible are more like Spider-Man, the Fantastic Four, and the X-Men. They're real people. Sometimes they get it right, and sometimes they get it wrong. Right? Look at These are the heroes of the Bible. Noah was a drunk. Abraham was too old. Isaac was a daydreamer. Jacob was a liar. Leah was ugly. Joseph was abused. I know it's tough being Leah, right? <laughs> Moses had a stuttering problem. Gideon was afraid. Samson had long hair and was a womanizer. Rahab was a prostitute. Jeremiah and Timothy were too young. David had an affair and was a murderer, and he was the greatest king in the history of Israel. Elijah was suicidal. He wanted to die. Isaiah preached naked. Aren't y'all glad my name's Kyle? <laughs> Jonah ran from God. Naomi was a widow. Job went bankrupt. Peter denied Christ. The disciples fell asleep while praying. Martha worried about everything. The Samaritan woman was divorced. Zacchaeus was too small. Paul was too religious. Timothy and had an ulcer, and Lazarus was dead. <laughs> These are heroes in the Bible. That's not Superman. That's not Wonder Woman. That's not The Flash. That's more like Peter Parker. That's more like the Fantastic Four. It's more like the X-Men. These people had some good things in their life, and they had some bad things in their life, right? Even the concept of Jesus, think about this. Jesus was the ultimate Superman, right? There's a lot of comparisons between Jesus and Superman. We could go on and on about that, but Jesus is the goody-goody. He did everything right. He was perfect. But in a way, Jesus was also an antihero. Not that he didn't do anything wrong. 
But people expected Jesus to be a military leader, a politician, somebody to come in and kick out the Romans who ruled over Israel and kick butt. And Jesus was not that kind of a hero. He was the opposite, right? He was pacifist. He died on a cross. Right? Jesus hung out with the most undesirable people of the day. He hung out with prostitutes, tax collectors who were corrupt with money. He hung out with people who were of the wrong ethnicity. Uh, and so that's who Jesus was. So he had heroic qualities, but he was also had these anti-heroic qualities. Nothing bad, because Jesus is perfect. But it makes sense that the heroes of the Bible are not perfect, right? They're like you and me. We get some things right, and we get some things wrong, but God still can use us. God still can use us. Because you know what? All the heroes I know, usually they don't see themselves as heroes, they don't have superpowers, and they don't ask to be heroes. People like firefighters who went into that burn in Maui, right, in Hawaii, that kind of stuff. A teacher who stays after school after being there all day and is talking to a child who'd been bullied. A business leader in the boardroom says that we're going to use our authority and our power and our money to help people with our company. Those are heroes, just like you and just like me. A lot of us, you know, think that, wow, I'd love to be heroic, but I feel more like Taylor Swift and the anti-hero than I do like David Bowie and, and being a hero. Like, if you knew me, Pastor Kyle, there's no way you think I could be a hero. But Jesus would disagree. Jesus would say, you're absolutely hero material. I know who you are. There's goodness in you. And even if there's brokenness, right, you can still be heroic. So what's the point today? What's the big idea? What's the takeaway? This is what I, I think hero a definition for hero is based on how I understand Scripture. A hero is anyone who does the right thing in the wrong circumstances. A hero is anyone who does the right thing in the wrong circumstances. A firefighter, what does he do? He goes into the wrong circumstance. A building's burning down and does the right thing. He risks his life and he saves his life. Right? A student sees another student getting beat up and bullied, right? Wrong circumstances. They step in and they stop the bully, right? That's a hero. Right? Spider-Man. Right, up all night studying for an exam. He sees somebody who's getting beat up or robbed, uses his powers. Wrong circumstances, right, right action. Right? Jesus right, sees the world is broken with sin and guilt and shame and death and hell, and he steps in and he does the right thing in the wrong circumstances. A hero right, is anyone who does the right thing in the wrong circumstances, which means, guess what? You and I can be heroes when we do the right thing in the wrong circumstances. You can be a hero. So I invite you to consider a couple of action steps in response to this. How do we respond to Jesus' truth, right? One, follow the hero, Jesus. Right? Jesus showed us the way. Right? He put others over himself. He was sacrificial, right? So follow Jesus. Keep coming back here. We want to help you follow Jesus. And then be a hero. Right? Do the right thing in the wrong circumstances. At work, at school, in your family, in your neighborhood, in church. Right, in the city, wherever you find yourself, do the right thing in the wrong circumstances right, with the power of Christ. One of my favorite uh, Spider-Man moments is in Spider-Man 2, Spider-Man, second movie with Tobey Maguire as Peter Parker and Spider-Man where uh, he's talking with his Aunt May. Right, so this is like his mom. She's raised him. Uh, his uncles died because he didn't use his powers to intervene. So long story short, in Spider-Man 2, Spider-Man's quit being Spider-Man, right? He gives up. He doesn't believe in himself anymore. And there's a little boy across the street named Henry 
who's wanting to know when Spider-Man's going to come back. And uh, this is what Aunt May says to Peter Parker, who is Spider-Man, not wanting to be Spider-Man. I believe there's a hero in all of us that keeps us honest, gives us strength, makes us noble, and finally allows us to die with pride. Actually, can you go back to the first screen? There we go. Henry knows a hero when he sees one. Too few characters out there flying around like that, saving old girls like me. And Lord knows kids like Henry need a hero. Courageous, self-sacrificing people setting examples for all of us. Everybody loves a hero. People line up for them, cheer for them, scream their names. And years later, they'll tell how they stood in the rain for hours just to get a glimpse of the one who taught them to hold on to a second longer. I believe there's a hero in all of us that keeps us honest, gives us strength, makes us noble, and finally allows us to die with pride, even though sometimes we have to be steady and give up the thing we want the most. Jesus gave up his life. Jesus sacrificed, right? Even our dreams. Spider-Man did that for Henry, and he wonders where he's gone. Henry needs Spider-Man. Our world needs heroes. Our world needs heroes. Charlotte needs heroes. North Carolina needs heroes. America needs heroes. The world needs heroes. God needs you to be a hero, to do the right thing in the wrong circumstances. Be a hero. I invite you to think about that and hear that as the band comes to sing David Bowie's song, Heroes. And if you feel like it, join in and singing with them. Be a hero for Christ.